Welcome to the No Clue Podcast, episode 164. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Tyler. I'm Mike. Happy New Year. Is this our first one this year for No Clue? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. First Happy episode New of the year. year. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's something else I needed to announce. Uh, first of all, rest in peace, John Madden. We didn't talk about that uh, sports yeah man See, that's the only sports one that we had to talk about but i don't yeah, think man, you uh, can think of i don't think you can think of five voices more iconic in the sport not even voices just names more yeah, iconic with the sport. Honest, I mean, yeah. yeah i mean his name meant football for basically everybody for the last 40 years maybe so, i know man i i I used to I I remember his commentary through the older Madden games like it was yesterday. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um let's get right into football, man. The playoffs are here. Yes. This weekend. Awesome season. Awesome season. Great matchups. Yeah. Really good matchups. Really good matchups. Let's start um let's start with Saturday's games, and that is the Raiders and Bengals and the Patriots and the Bills. So which one do you want to go to? You know, it's funny. I like that the first game is probably the hardest one to predict. The Bengals and Raiders? Yeah, like th- just thinking yeah. of all the matchups, these are two of the better teams that have probably been the most inconsistent all year. Mm-hmm. So it, this is a tough, like, pick for me. Yeah, and, you know, they're kind of strange because they're not <laughs> – like. Sometimes they fool you into thinking they're not a good team. Like some nights you're like, man, the Bengals are like, they got everything. And then I know the next week it's like, all right, this is just Joe Burrow out there by himself. Or, yeah. you know, <laughs> Burrow and Chase is just two guys playing against a whole team. So, I mean, yeah. And it's weird because they've been so dynamic. Yeah. But like in their losses, they've been really bad. Right. They have. And um, it's the same thing with the Raiders for me, because some nights I'm like, man, the Raiders might make it to the Super Bowl. And then the next night, next week is like, come on, man. The Raiders are. Yeah, man. (laughs) You know, I I will give the Raiders some credit. I think they've had debatably the toughest season out of any team in the league. Yeah. Yeah. I agree between with that. the co- coaching, between the receiver killing somebody. Uh, yeah. So with them, like with them, it's less surprising that they were so inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And what I think they do have going for them is to me, especially having won so many close games, they're a mm-hmm. lot more battle tested. Yeah. So I think I and. They're also getting healthy at the right time going into the playoffs. They got uh, the tight end back, Waller, like right in time. Yep. So if, if I had to pick, I would go with the Raiders just because I think they've battled a little bit more this year. But this is on – like, I mean, honestly, this is a pick em game. This could easily go either way. Yeah, and the Raiders are slightly more experienced. Um, they, they don't win just off of talent. Because sometimes I, I catch the Bengals, and I think, man, if they weren't, like, supremely talented as far as their offense, they'd be getting blown out. But then, you know, they end up winning the games. 
So yeah, I, I would say the Raiders too, because I think the Raiders can out strategize the Bengals, and if the Bengals' talent isn't a one, they're gonna have a rough night. Yeah, I think the Raiders have more under um, more underrated qualities about them. Yeah, they do. For sure. Like we we kind of know what Cincinnati is. Either they're explosive or they're not. Right. The Raiders have won a lot of different ways this year, and I I think that'll help them especially in this wild card game. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Uh, Patriots and the Bills. <sighs> We've seen these teams play twice. Mm-hmm. Watched both games. Uh, Josh Allen was disgusting in one and spectacular in the other. Uh, it's quite an accurate depiction of Josh Allen's career. Yeah. Um, again, this one isn't as hard for me to predict as the first game, uh-huh. but Josh Allen is just as difficult to predict. Right. right. And, and he's, he's obviously, I mean, what else is there to talk about with Buffalo besides Josh Allen? Nothing. Defense has been good enough. His number one, two, and three options have been good enough when he sees them. Yeah, it's, it's you know, live or die by him, really. It exactly. Really and they've even started to close the year out. They started running the ball more. Right. They did. So, again, like Josh Allen, this is a, this is a must-win game to me for mm-hmm. specifically Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. I would agree. He's gotten the height. He gets the top quarterback hype. He's never he hasn't been good in the playoffs yet. Right. He's had like disgustingly awful performances too often for an elite quarterback. That's true. I mean, you look at Rodgers had a bad game to start the year mm-hmm. and was essentially flawless from that point on. Right. Now Mahomes is comparable because he had a longer, like almost a half season slump. Mm-hmm. But the team was in turmoil. Right. They couldn't defend. They couldn't receivers. I mean, Tyreek and Kelsey were dropping shit, not getting open. Mm-hmm. Buffalo it's like didn't the end of the season last year carried on into this season for them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But Buffalo didn't have any of that turmoil. Mm-mm. Buffalo won and lost games exclusively off of Josh Allen. And Buffalo seemed like it, it was – it should have been easy for them to have kept trending upwards from last year. Yep. In the year before. And they've shown, actually, like, actually, being as inconsistent as they've been in winning so many games, like, shows how good they are. Yeah. But to me, and, and I guess long story short, I'm picking the Patriots in this one because I do not trust Josh Allen at all. I'm with you. I'm picking the Patriots. I think Bill Belichick has more – um, has more impact from a coach impact into the actual field of play. I think he has more impact than any other coach in probably all the professional sports. Yeah, um, easily football. Yeah, yeah, for sure football. But even, I mean, like, you know, there's, some, there's been some great basketball coaches. You know, I don't count baseball as far as coaching goes, but Basketball coaches is just it's not even close to me. I think Belichick is way has way more impact on the actual field of play. Not the strategizing in the game, 
you notice that Belichick is doing something to the game. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you just feel, you feel his identity on the team. Yeah, you do. At all. I don't know if I could say that. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I could say that consistently for any other coach team combo. Yeah. Even with change of players, like even without Brady, you see it. Yeah. Um, and before Brady, I mean, he had, he had that. So, I mean, so. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's interesting because uh, I read, I think this morning that there's potentially uh, like really bad winds. Uh, and the game. weather is going to be, the, yeah, the weather could potentially be like extremely cold. I don't think it's going to snow. But Are you playing hey, in New we, England? Or in Cincinnati? I'm not sure. I mean, um, Buffalo. I, I think Buffalo. Okay. Either oh, way, yeah, it's, it's a cold place to play. <laughs> it's going to be cold. <laughs> really cold. Uh, yeah. They may be used yeah. to that, though. So, so, so yeah, I, I just – I trust what the Patriots do a lot more. Yeah. But to me, to me, this is a good opportunity for Josh Allen to take a step forward in his career. Yeah, I agree. So, I'm, so I'm excited to see the game just, just off of that. Yeah. Okay, Sunday, Eagles, Bucks. Uh, we'll just go in order. Eagles, Bucks, one o'clock, Eastern. This is. Um, you remember? You remember the Washington playing Tampa Bay to start the playoffs last year, yeah. and how Taylor Heineke was. It was kind of like his first big real game. He played really well. Yeah. They they stuck in the game, even though obviously nobody expected Washington to even be remotely competitive right i think this is going to be another example of that yeah they just they drew the short straw in this one absolutely but the eagles the eagles for lack of a better word they suck they do and and they're in the playoffs like i'm not saying that they're not a good team but it's their roster is very limited they're they're limited so young yeah, they're limited at almost every position. They 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 battle injuries. It seems like every year, right? They really have like, a first year starting quarterback, like first full year, no expectations starting quarterback, first year coach. Their best receiver is a rookie. I mean, what else? Like, I know. Is it, <laughs> they're gonna get worked. I think it's, I don't even think they're gonna stay in the game. I, th- I think they're going to keep it competitive because they run the ball really well. Really, really well, yeah. Really well. Yeah. And Hertz is Hertz is like he's got that that sleeper thing of like he'll kill you with his legs if you were not ready for it. Yeah. That's and true. I think Tampa Bay Tampa Bay's defense has been the one kind of flaw this year. Yeah. And they so they're to liable me, to come in cocky defensively. I mean, at least right. the first half. Right, so, so this is like a tra- this is almost like a trap game because it's so like it's so easy to just look at it and be like, "Oh, Tampa Bay is going to dominate." It is, yeah. But the Eagles, the Eagles like find ways to stay in games and they find ways to to in- impose how they play. Yeah. Well, one thing positive about the Eagles is they never lost to this season. They haven't lost to anyone that they should not have beat beaten. Like the, I think they beat all the teams below 500 that they played. All the teams with losing records that they played, they beat them. And then the teams 
that were better than them record-wise, you know, they were mostly close games. Mostly, if not all, pretty close games. So, I mean, they got beat bad a few times, but a lot of times they were close games. So, they're steady. And like you said, they they know how to stay in games. Um, they have pretty good leadership. I mean, we'll see what happens. And Tampa, Tampa Bay's had, like, some mess, you know, the last couple weeks with AB. Yeah. And, and, again, they, they've, they have not – to me, last year, they walked into the playoffs healthy and kind of emerging, like, playing their best football. Yeah. That's not the case this year to me. I mean, they squeaked by the Jets the other day. Right. So, to me, I'm curious if they have that switch. Yeah. Because everybody seems to think they have it, but they, it's, it's, it hasn't been as consistent as you would expect. Right. Yeah. Okay. Next game, 49ers-Cowboys. Who you got? Tell me who you got in this one first before you get into the analysis. I want to hear who you got first. Cowboys going home early. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'll stick with the Cowboys. Cowboys are they're undefeated against their division, Eagles, Giants, uh, football team. It's not saying anything at all. That's that's a easy six to know that. I mean, you deserve some credit for like not, you know, blowing one of those games because yeah. a lot of teams do do fall under that. But yeah, they're six and five against the rest of the league. Right. So they're to me, and to me, I haven't seen them win a game against an elite opponent all year. Right. The Patriots. I'll give them credit for that one, but that was like. That was like 10, 11 weeks ago. Right. So and since then, I mean. all the good defenses they faced, Dak has struggled. Their mm-hmm. receivers have been a mess the second half of the year. Yeah. Their run game is unreliable. They're, they, are, um, they are like a hollow version of what the Chiefs are to me. I would agree. I... I think that this is a highly, highly losable game for them. I, I just think my problem with the Cowboys is that I haven't seen them win doing something consistent, like, all season. It's like... Yep. They don't... To me, they don't have an identity. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because you could say a lot of these other guys, oh, like the Eagles, oh, they ran them off the field. And every game they won... They ran people off the field, and that's how they won. But Dallas, I can't pinpoint how I would ex- even expect them to win. But I, I almost—I can't say that much more than the 49ers for the 49ers. But but here's the difference to me is when I, when I think of Dallas and how they've won the games I've seen, yeah. the only word that comes to mind is talent. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they've done nothing consistent. They've struggled in every every aspect. Even their defense was just getting just loved unconditionally at one point. Yeah. Got exposed multiple it's, times to close the started, year out. It started this year out looking fantastic. Their defense did. I know. I know. I and I'm still – I still, like, they have all the tools to make a Super Bowl run. Don't get me wrong. hmm But 49ers, to me, have – won a lot of games one way yeah physicality 
Yeah. And, and they're going to keep doing in, that. Exactly. And if anything in football to me is sustainable, it's physicality. Yeah. And I, I can't think of a team that's been better at that, as consistent at it, than the 49ers. And, again, it's a matchup problem. That's, like, the worst thing the Cowboys are looking to face. Right. Because they're soft. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, we know that. We so, know to that me, is. but, again, similar to Josh Allen, this is a huge opportunity for Dak to kind of change some of the negative narrative about his career. Right. Okay. Uh, next, we have Steelers and Chiefs. If if Kansas City loses this game, yeah, I I can't give Mahomes the best quarterback of the league to start next year. I can't do it. I understand it's still the correct answer. But I mean, to me, the this... rest of the guys still have to play. No, you're, yeah, of course, of course. And, and the Steelers are not, they're not like a, a free lick. Don't get me wrong. Right. Um, th- they can, they can create problems because they get after the quarterback. They could also be very physical on both lines. Mm-hmm. And they have like very underrated. The running back is very underrated. Yeah. He is. I think big Ben has marginally improved. Over the yeah. course of the year, which yeah. is which is something. He's but, not trying to go out like a sucker, like they wanted him to last yeah, year. Yeah, and and the the last, but the the moment in Pittsburgh of his potential last game, I thought that was really well done. Yeah. Um, but he's just the reason I specifically said marginally is because he still sucks to me. Yeah. He, he can't air it out, and to me, you're not beating Kansas City dumping the ball down all game. I agree. I agree. You're just not. Like, there's no – I can't watch. I don't know what that would even look like. Yeah. No, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. And Kansas Kansas City's defense has improved over the course of the entire year. Yes, it has. So they're peaking at the exact time Tampa Bay was peaking last year. Yep. They definitely trended upwards. As soon as they started looking ugly, they went straight up. Like they really flipped the switch to me. Exactly. I don't and have any. If we're to really say being honest. What? Yeah. I mean, there's really no deep dive, but if we're really being honest, Sealers should not be in the fucking playoffs. Oh yeah, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> if the Chargers coach wasn't a gambling idiot, yeah. We'd we'd probably see the Chargers instead of the Steelers. That would have been a good game. I know, but here we are. Yeah. All right. Cardinals and Rams. Matt Stafford has huh? What do you think about this one? I just I'm just curious. I think Matt Stafford has tried really hard to prove everyone who thought he was a great (laughs) thought he was a huge upgrade trying to prove them wrong the last few games. Um, I think he's looked pretty basic lately. But Cardinals, uh, someone's hurt for the Cardinals, right? 
Well, J.J. Watt, I don't know if he's playing, but he's on track to return. Okay, okay. And, the and DeAndre Hopkins is out, I believe. Right, right, yeah. Huge Cardinals loss. Started out, what, their record was like eight? Like eight and it? one. Eight and one, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, and then no Hopkins. I'm going to take the Rams in this just because, man, the Cardinals just kind of, fell apart at the end of the season, man. They kind of crumbled at the end of the season, actually. More than fell apart, crumbled. And then the Rams, <clears throat> the Rams getting Odell seemed like this huge big deal, and then they, like... To like be I fair, said, he's been really good. Hard. He's been good, but they worked really hard to show that it wasn't that big of a deal. You know what I mean? Like, Antonio Brown on the Bucks is more impact than Beckham did on the Rams. I agree. And you would think For, it would be the other way around. I just fucking Matthew Stafford, bro. That's that is the deciding factor in this game. So I'm saying, man. He he the last what is it, four games? Yeah. He's barely looked like a starter. Barely. I, I agree. I agree. And it's beyond just him not playing well because I mean, Kyler's not played well in a lot of the later games. Uh, no, he hasn't. But he's had destroyed, less Destroyed the Cowboys, though, of course. Right. I mean, just looked like, just looked like Joe Montana playing the fucking Cowboys. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's crazy because I don't trust Arizona at all, and I right. still have more faith in them than Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest problem to me. It's yeah. Matthew Stafford's mistakes have been like Carson Wentz-ish. Yeah, they have. Like like Baker Mayfield-ish. Like you you just you're looking at the game and he just throws like the most boneheaded pick six you can imagine. Yeah. I mean, you're under throwing out routes that, that corners could just jump easily. I mean, how many interceptions has he literally thrown to a defender? It's been it's been too many. I know too that. fucking many. Yeah, I don't I don't remember how many, but too many. I know. I mean, you can you can look at uh, as I mentioned Baker and Carson Wentz, and you could assign a lot of their problems to their inconsistent play. Right. The Rams are exactly the same. They've just won more games. Yeah, their losses. I mean, you remember the Titans game, like in the middle of the season, where he throws back to back pick sixes. Yep. Titans bear. Titans put up like a field goal or two beyond that. Mm-hmm. But Matthew Stafford threw them fourteen points. Right. And so you, your defense me. doesn't matter if you if they score when you're on offense. So I know. Yeah. So to me. <laughs> I just watching Stafford's mistakes all year. Yeah. I can't be confident in this team going into the playoffs. Yeah. I just can't, especially because Matthew Stafford has been to the playoffs. What once? Yeah. Once he got robbed, but still he has no real playoff experience. Right. And he's been their biggest problem this year. Yep. 
So I'm going with Arizona in this one, man. I, I think they're going to surprise people. I think Kyler is going to have a big, uh, like, emerging star kind of game. Mm-hmm. I I agree. I, I agree with everything you said. I, I'm going with Kyler and the Cardinals. And he's awesome to watch. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Okay. That is it for at least this weekend of the NFL. Um, do we need to talk about Antonio Brown? I feel like if you want to know about it, everyone, someone else has already talked about it, so I don't need to bring it up anymore. You know what's what's funny is as the situation got crazier and crazier. Yeah, it it was sad to me that I'm I was reading like a lot of the stuff break like ha- happening and kind of the new perspectives we were getting about what was really going on the day before and what like why he really potentially got released none of it surprised me (laughs) yeah me i mean my initial reaction to the moment when when i go to espn and espn it's on the front is you know ab takes off his jersey and just like runs out of the arena (laughs) yeah and i was like i looked at it and i was like i'm it pisses me off that this doesn't surprise me at all yeah, I was watching the game when it happened. Oh no! So I I saw it happen live, and I was like, "Ab's is tripping again." So like, I I didn't even like it wasn't that big of a deal to me, unfortunately. Yeah, man, I, I've moved past. I I criticized him enough with the Raiders and the Patriots, but I I think I think everybody in the league is familiar with his history. Yeah. So nobody nobody feels bad for him in this situation. I don't. I'm at the point where I don't think anyone can truly make him happy now. So I think he just has to, you know, do his own soul searching. I guess he, or, he just has to find himself, and that's that's a very yeah. difficult thing to do in some situations. Yeah. Uh, and and I hope he does that, man. <laughs> yeah, and let's be honest, man. Some of these guys actually like this kind of attention they like this kind of drama yeah i'm not saying he does i'm saying some of these athletes prefer to be in the drama more than they prefer just doing their job and you know that's not talking about the circumstances here but sometimes it's like that that's all. bro he he really had the nerve to try to throw tom brady under the bus i don't know after Tom, you know, Tom, Tom has put his impeccable reputation on the line for this guy, and he yeah. dares to question if he's a real friend. Yeah, the same Tom who got him his incentives last year. Yeah, in a meaningless game. Yep, that was again, that's just crazy to me. Yeah. All right. Anyway, NBA. Let's get to the NBA, man. We got a lot to talk about in the NBA. Yes. We got to start with the Golden State Warriors getting their star shooting guard back. The Splash Brother is back. Clay came back and dunked on the Cavs. His first game back, he looked good too, man. He missed he, a lot of he, shots. Oh, yeah. 
you know, got to do that. His first bucket was a finish in traffic. A tough layup. Yep. Off I the know. Screen. Yeah. Comes off the screen. I'm. I'm. I thought he's chucking. No question. Yeah. He curls in, knowing you know. I'm sure every all eighty thousand people in the arena, however many, are ready for him to shoot the ball. Yeah. He attacks the basket. Such such a Golden State thing. Yeah. Yeah. This is and this is the first time playing in Chase Center, by the way. He hasn't played since they left Oracle, which is crazy. Yeah. He hasn't played in the arena. He's only played with Steph and Draymond on the entire roster. I know. That's insane. Yeah. So that's really insane. It shows their youth, which is a good and bad thing, but he to me, I mean, obviously getting in shape is, is something we're gonna be looking at, but Mm-hmm. Skill wise, his play style is hasn't changed. It hasn't, and he actually looks like he gets by people off the dribble better than I remember. I know. I know it's been three years, but he looks. You know, the way he's going past people was impressive to me. Coming off an injury, because that's like the last yeah. thing I would think you would want to try. Yeah, and people forget how. Um. Because of because of how quick his shot is, like mm-hmm. he was he was a guy capable of killing you from the mid range. Yeah, before it was kind of like obsolete in the league almost. Yeah, but I'm looking at that first Cavs game, and he's coming off the screens and pin downs, and he's getting into the mid range pull up. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking, like, wow, the Warriors don't have enough of this, right? So. Uh, I'm happy to see him back, man. I'm beyond their like how they've been playing because I think we could talk about some of their flaws a little bit, but he looks yeah. great, and I'm just happy to see him back in the league, man. Yeah, me too, man. Uh, it was beautiful seeing that. I was hoping the first shot would be a three because I know that would send the crowd into you know mayhem, but uh. He looks he looks great, man. It was just beautiful seeing him score, seeing him happy, seeing Steph and the team happy. Everybody just Steve Kerr was crying on the bench. I saw him. No one reported it, but I saw him crying over there. It was just nice to see. Nice. Yeah, man. And that's and I mean Draymond battling through be battling through two injuries like that back to back. Yeah. Man, that is I can't imagine the difficulties he had to go through. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Draymond plays tonight. I'm not sure. I think Draymond has one more game before he comes back. But, but this this Warriors conversation leads me to a bigger point. What? Because I think last time we talked basketball, we had three top Western Conference teams. Okay. And there there is a new team. Oh yeah. Who has um who has, I would like to say, with a closed door, they've shoved, they've broken the door, and they're shoving their way through. Yeah, the door is off the hinges at this point. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And uh, it's Morant's bounce that broke the door, too. <laughs> yeah, man, he's ridiculous. But, but beyond Morant, who's been incredible, and, I mean, any show that's talked about Memphis, any, like, sports show has given him a huge amount of credit. Yeah, but this team has won a lot of games without Morant, and are now winning games a lot of games without Dylan Brooks. Yeah, 
they're debatably two best players. I would I would confidently say they're two best players. Yeah. All over, overall, yeah. Yeah. I don't think anybody else in the league could sustain what they've been doing. Do they play like the coach tells them they cannot eat if they don't win the game? I know. Like they play so hungry, so aggressive. The defense is swarming. They attack, attack, attack. Morant leads the league in paint points. They just attack, dude. Like it's crazy. And they have all these guys who have no reason to be attacking. attacking. I know. Conchar, Desmond Conchar's Bain. been lights out. Um, what's the big guy's name? Uh, hold on. Let me pull up the roster. I mean, it's just – they're great, man. Jackson is finally – like, he's finally getting back into the rhythm. Tilly. Tilly is oh, attacking, yeah. Phys- banging on people. Physical, yes. Yeah. Um, Brandon Clark has looked good for a while now, but he's – they've found, like, a role where he just does exactly what they need him to do and nothing more, which is nice. Um, they got – Tyus Jones coming in, hitting huge, huge shots. Yeah, bro. Everybody was talking about Morant with the like the layups at the end of the game. Yeah. To, to me, it was uh, the Warriors game a couple days ago. But yeah, to me, it was Tyus Jones Hit hitting the one shots. three and then the next play coming out and just raising. I don't remember who it was on, but in somebody's eye. It was. I think it was Steph. Steph kind of like backed up, didn't think he was going to pull it. And he ended up just pulling it. Yeah. Dude, the confidence they're playing with, and this is the interesting thing to me, and I'm sure you'll disagree with me on this. <laughs> I think I think they haven't – a lot of people have said that they're now the third best team in the West. Okay. To me, I've seen a lot of stuff on ESPN and just on stuff on the internet that they surpass Utah, but they're not as good as Golden State and Phoenix. Okay. I think because of how they match up, I don't yeah. think they're as good as Utah. Okay. But I think they're better than Golden State. Hmm. Okay. I'm not mad at because, that. And, and for the Warriors, it's tough because they're showing that they're not invincible. Yeah. Because without Draymond, their defense is – Suspect. Both both sides of the floor is rough without Draymond. I know Steph has been much worse without Draymond. Yeah, and and you can see the just the amount of good looks and good like ways to attack has decreased for him. You you know you know who is probably if they don't win this year, who will go down as one of the biggest missing pieces for them that no one will probably ever agree with me for Sean Livingston. They desperately need Sean Livingston right now. Yes. Cause when Draymond is not there, there's literally no one on the roster that can bring the ball up court. It's so it's insane. It's either Steph or Draymond and no one else is a good ball handler. A good example. They didn't have a Tyus Jones. No, they didn't. They didn't have a smart guard. They didn't outside of Steph. There's no yeah. other guard who comes in and play and makes the right decisions in every situation. No, nobody. And, and, and you see it because pools, 
pool's shot selection has gotten much worse. Well, the reason why I mentioned Sean Livingston is because Sean Livingston didn't have to shoot and he got everyone else shots. And the thing is, Poole, when he's handling the ball, he's not scoring. And that's what he does best. So him being your second ball handler or primary ball handler doesn't – you lose what you actually need from him, which is his scoring. Yeah. So it's like uh, without Draymond there and all these guys are jockeying to try to see who can bring the ball up court as the point guard, it, it looks bad. It doesn't work. So. Yeah, and again, it's a lot of it is the matchup that Memphis and the problems that Memphis provides. Because if right. you, you're seeing, if you don't have rim protection, John Moran is going to eat. Yeah. He's going to eat because you you're not keeping eat. him out of the paint. Yeah. So you yeah. got to have a big guy in there to at least protect it. Right. And, and to me, like, that's one of the few things Draymond can't fix for them. Right. So I'm I'm just that's that's why I'm so confident in Memphis and probably a prisoner of the moment because I just watched them win. But yeah, again, they're so explosive regardless of who they put on the court. Mm-hmm. They're the only young team in the league that looks young when they play. It still looks good. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. you mentioned it like they're they're just battling, they're flying oh, yeah, all yeah. over the place. I got you. I yeah, don't I know see you that from the losers. I don't. You see that from Sacramento? Because I don't. No. I mean, I'm. Be- I've been begging DC for the last month to see some of that shit. And that's why Orlando has never hasn't improved since Shaq left there. <laughs> exactly, man. It, yeah. And that to me, they've always had that culture. That's why it doesn't surprise me that they've sustained it. Right. It's. They, it is kind of crazy. It's like a franchise culture. I know, and it's like we used to attribute it to coaches, but now, I mean, they've we've watched them for a decade with like six coaches do this. Yeah, shout out to I'm Lionel Hollins. He was one he's, of the he first. He set the blueprint. Yeah, yeah, I think he did set the blueprint because since him, they've been going up, 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 up. And no matter who took his place, they were still going up, and he never no went man. Down. He just left. I mean, they've exceeded expectations for like practically like five years in a row. Yeah, they have. Yeah, and again, health is the only thing that could really derail them to me. Mm -hmm. And that's obviously a legitimate concern because Morant has missed time. Jackson has obviously missed a lot of time. Brooks is missing time now. Yeah, but that like we can't beginning of the season too. Yeah, we can't predict that. Right, but they're the way they've been playing. To Mm -hmm. me, they have all the tools to beat the Warriors. Now, yeah. now the Utah matchup is interesting. They can't because, beat Utah. I don't think. Yeah, because they play very similar. Yeah, they play similar. And although Ja is, you know, has been really explosive in a bucket, I, I don't, they don't have anyone else that I trust to just, like, if they're not playing their hungry ball, if that ever gets neutralized, no one else on the team is going to, like, carry the team or bring them back. Yes, yes. And, and Utah has that, obviously. He, they may have one of the best in the league at that. And I and think I, I think when you get to the – go ahead. What were you saying, though? And there's just – Memphis has nothing that is going to stop Donovan. <laughs> that's, that's a huge difference to me because 
to me, when you make Steph work on the other end, you have an opportunity to limit him. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Morant is going to do that. Desmond Bain is going to do that. When Brooks comes back, he's going to do it. Yeah. A lot of those guys also are very well built to guard Steph. Yeah. Spider is a different animal to me. I'm not <laughs> saying he's better than Steph. But he's more he's, unguardable. This is he's it, more unguardable. That's exactly the way I was looking to put it. Yeah, you can say that without saying he's better. You can for sure. Yes, and and I think Spida obviously makes a huge difference. I think the similarities in their play style benefits mm-hmm. Utah because their role players know who they are. Yeah. Right. Like like, do I trust Bain to be lights out in the playoffs? I don't. <laughs> no. But I trust Joe Ingles to go to left. We've seen Joe Ingles be good in the playoffs. We've seen Donovan average 45 in the playoffs. We've, <laughs> we've seen, yeah, you I, know. I know. You know what, Bogdanovich, he's going 0, 30, 4, yeah. 28, 2, yeah. 25. Like, I know, I know what I'm getting from Utah's role players. Right. Memphis's role players have exceeded expectations to such an extent that I just it's hard for me to fathom them making a playoff run like this. Conchar might not score in the playoffs. Tilly's oh. not dunking on Whiteside. As you know, as little as we speak about Whiteside, there Whiteside's not just looking like a punk in the playoffs to Conchar and Tilly. It's not happening. Bro, guys but, like Conchar, by the way, <laughs> all the all these guys coming in and shooting the ball really well, they all make Duncan Robinson look so bad. <laughs> Because they take good shots. Yeah, because they do exactly what he does. And it's so many guys around the league have taken his role and done it better already. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm every time I'm looking at the game, Conchar checks in and he's he's taking his first shot like he's been in the game the whole time. Right. Yep. That to me is crazy. And and I don't really want to compare them to Phoenix right now because I would like to see them match up once, and I haven't mm-hmm. really watched Phoenix in a while, even though they've been playing great. So, and they've been missing; they they haven't like had a full rosters in a month, probably or two. Seems like mm-hmm. um, with Aiton there, with Booker Bridges, with everybody there, so it's tough for them. Yeah, but but Phoenix is so reliable with how they play. Mm-hmm that I can't pick a, an exciting young up-and-coming team to, to really, like – I can't see them outplaying Phoenix in a series yet. No, I can't either. Keyword being yet, because still still have half the season to go. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, another thing about Utah, Utah's guys are just so seasoned. Their bench is seasoned. There's no one they, they bring in there that looks like – they need time to improve. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then they they picked up who did I say they picked up the other day? House and Denzel Valentine, who, you know, bounced around the league, has been cut a few times, but he knows who he is. He's played for a long time now. House has played for a while. But then you got Rudy Gay comes in off the bench. We already know what Clarkson does, six man of the year. It's like you even just match their benches up to each other. It's just, you know, Utah is just steps ahead of them. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, yeah, and uh, one more thing about the Warriors. Um, you made a point about Clay in the mid range. It's pretty interesting because before before they got this current iteration of their roster, where it was like these guys who really aren't three point shooters or banging threes, Damian Lee and I mean, I guess Porter's a three-point shooter. Payton. But yeah, Peyton and Wiggins and Toscano Anderson, all these guys are hit, hitting threes and catching alley-oops and stuff. Clay was the only guy who could do that before. So, like, I don't think his mid-range game got to be utilized as much because they needed him to shoot threes because he was – it was just Steph – it was just the Splash Brothers that could hit threes. At one point, it was really only the Splash Brothers that could hit threes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because then they, Draymond was a terrible three-point shooter. Iguodala was here and there. Um, obviously, Sean Livingston was a terrible three-point shooter. So it was like now the floor is probably even more spread than Clay has even played with it, like as a warrior. Because now even mm-hmm. Wiggins is like an elite three-point shooter all of a sudden. So, And, and that um, to me – that to me is actually a bad thing. It, I, I think it because, is too. Because you look back in their supporting cast in the championship years, even before Durant got there, mm-hmm. you you trust the the veteran experience they had. Mm-hmm. When Matt Barnes comes into the game, I trust what he's going to do. Even bums, even Omri Caspi, Jonas Jarebko, any of those guys came in. And you trusted the quality of shots and the like how they would play with whether it was starters, bench guys. Yeah. Doesn't matter how many minutes they're getting. Right. I don't have that same trust that I had for guys like Livingston to play to only their strengths. Mm. Yeah. I don't have that trust in pool. And, you know, I think I could be wrong. But I think that by the playoffs or maybe even after All-Star Weekend, Kerr will really kind of harness these guys. But at this point right now, it looks like he puts guys out there and is like, well, let's see what they do for us. Let's see what they're, they're going to bring. Let's see what they got going today. Let's see like, let's see what Porter does for us. Is he going to hit threes? Is he going to play power forward? Is he going to play shooting guard? Let's see what Damian Lee could do for us today or Let's see what Toscano Anderson does. He runs the point. He catches alley-oops. He guards five positions. I think in the playoffs, at least, whether Kerr wants to or not, they're going to have to give these guys roles to say, okay. I mean, you know. They say, okay, Toscano Anderson, if you're in there, we just need rebounds. We just need defense. We don't need you shooting the reeds. We don't need you bringing the ball up court. You know, they're going to have to – have to do something about that. Yes. I also don't and, think and the, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they still trade Wiseman, by the way. I would like to see them active around the deadline. I think there's they have so many ways they could improve the roster mm-hmm. that it, it just to me it would it would be kind of a missed opportunity to not give it a shot. Yeah. Especially if a good move comes up, obviously I I trust them not to like gamble and make like a you know high risk high reward kind of move. Yeah, but 
again, I, I'm just seeing like little flaws that to me could severely hurt them against the other three uh, teams they could potentially face. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, but I don't think they have a lot of movable pieces. I think Wiseman may be their only movable piece, to be honest. Yeah. I'm just thinking, like, to, to your point about having clear roles for those guys, I think in the playoffs, that improves Steph's rhythm. Them having roles? Yeah, because... Yeah, it does, for sure. It, it just He's bothers me, like, like, okay, Poole is playing most like a most improved candidate. I don't need to see him get Steph's shots. Right. Like, he doesn't have to, to be run... Steph when Steph isn't in. in exactly. The game. Yeah. And they're running like pin downs. Like he's fucking Clay Thompson in his prime. Right. Like, and he can Poole. hit those, but that's not all he does. Right. Yeah, that's not his strength. Poole is an elite slasher to me. He is. He's and a he's scoring like, machine. He's like a weird. He's He looks like he's slashing off the dribble almost. Because mm-hmm. he's so elite with his first step. He's got a great pivot game. He yeah. doesn't try to like do too much with his handle. Mm-hmm. But they've like with Steph playing kind of poorly this last week or two, I'm noticing they're they're like running tough shots for Poole to take. Poole is almost in the spot where Gary Trent was for the Blazers. Whereas like obviously he can get 30. But do we need him to get 30 on this team every night? Probably not. Okay, but Trent was not an obvious 30. Well, I mean, he had a couple games where he, like, went off. And I mean shooting-wise. Because Trent I got you, yeah. could do more than just spot-up shoot. But when he was spot-up shooting, he could mess around and hit seven threes all of a sudden. And that's kind of how Poole is. But we don't want Poole only spotting up shooting threes. But we also don't want Poole being Steph. Like you said, we don't want Gary Trent ever being Dame Lillard just because he hit exactly. threes. That's exactly. what I Because mean. he was there with a point guard that, yeah, some nights he can do the same things, but he's not the same guy. So, yeah. We'll see. We'll see if Kerr does something about it. I, I think, I do think that because they're rolling, Kerr's letting it rock and saying, well, <laughs> They got it going. Let's see. I think he is letting them kind of define their own roles as the season's going on, which, you know, I guess that's his style. And that's a good – I do think it's a style, and it's a very um, – again, it's a high-risk, high-reward, but I like the, the trust he's putting in players. If they were – like weren't number one, number two, number three in the West, I don't think he'd be doing that. If they were bottom eight nine, no, not not if he thought they could win. That's a, I guess that's what I should say. Because like last year, obviously he did that because there was zero chance of them winning in the playoffs. Zero. Yeah, this that's, year, that's that's what's tough is they went from bottom tier to top tier from year yeah. to year. I I would like to see them be average for some time. Uh, but we'll see, like, again, they've been playing poorly lately. If that sustains for an extended period of time, yeah, then, then we really got a deep dive, like, what's the problem? Right. So what other movable pieces do you think they have other than – Wiseman is the obvious one, right? Because they're, they're number two in the 
Wes and he hasn't played a game. So obviously they don't necessarily need him. Right? Um, I think Looney is a movable piece. Okay. Uh, I think Wiggins is a movable piece. Uh, no, I don't think so. Wiggins is about to be an all-star starter, man. I think he's movable. Like, well, I, I guess he's a movable piece, but who do you get to replace Wiggins? You'd have to get, he's, like... He's looked... To you, he's looked like an all-star starter. I, no, I'm saying he's... I'm saying he's been voted as all-star starter at this point. I, I, I really could That's fair. I couldn't care less about how he got voted. To me... Um, there's no way they're looking at him like, whoa, he's playing at an all-star level. We can't move him. He's the second best player on the number two team in the West. That's why he's the, that's why he's an all-star. Not because but you can't, you know what bothers me about that is you're right. Five. And he has what the fourth most impact on the team. <laughs> Fifth. <laughs> <laughs> No, he has a third. I'll say third. I'll say third. He's had more impact than Steph? No. More impact than Draymond? No. More impact than Jordan Poole? No. I'd say he's more than Poole. They're the closest to each other. I I strongly disagree, but it's it's not enough of an argument to really get into because... No, No, but I get what you're saying. Maybe, maybe he's a movable piece, but again, who do you get? You have to get like, uh, like Chris Middleton level. Like you'd have to get a, I'd have to get another All Star from trading Wiggins. I'm not gonna trade Wiggins for like, I don't know, like um, can't even think of somebody. What if I like, said, what if I said Harrison Barnes and Marvin Bagley? I'm keeping Wiggins. <laughs> Definitely keep him. Like, I'm not taking Harrison Barnes back over Wiggins. I Wiggins. keep Wiggins, but I'd think about it. Uh, I'd think about it because I'd think about it more because of Bagley than because of – since you threw Bagley yeah, yeah. in there, that makes it more appealing. But Barnes for Wiggins straight up is a definite. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, that's yeah. – I had to throw – that was the only thought was who am I throwing in with Barnes because <laughs> Barnes alone is nowhere near Wiggins' right. level. You're right. You're right. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's not bad. You might be right. Um, okay. Mo- let's move on. Let's move on. Um, the uh, Brooklyn. The Brooklyn Nets are back together. Kyrie is back. They, they just playing. dominated the Bulls last they, night. They dominated the Bulls last night, and Kyrie didn't even play well. Really was Patty Mills and the other big two that dominated the Bulls last night, and Kyrie this was, was just – out there as a threat. I think this was their first win against the top conference team. Yeah. And this is, I only, think they were their 17th game together as the big three, 16th game together as the big wow. three in two years. I mean, that's, that's just my, a mind blowing stat, but <laughs> um, yeah, I think they were zero and eight against like the top two or three teams from each conference. Yeah. Uh, man, the Nets, like, we know how explosive they are offensively. Mm-hmm. So, like, they blow out the Bulls and Harden's in the post game talking about we know how good we could be. 
everybody knows how good you could be. Yeah. Nobody looked at this trio and thought, oh, like they'll contend. Everybody thought they'd be the best team in the conference, in the league. It's also stupid because you would think like Kyrie had 30 when that happened. Kyrie had nine points. Kyrie got outscored by Dayron Sharp, who had 20 and seven. And then obviously Patty Mills had 21. Like we already know. With Harden, Durant, all, and Patty Mills, you're the second best team in the East. First of all, freeze the conversation. What position does Darren Sharp play? Uh, Dayron. <laughs> Dayron, excuse me. <laughs> There's no shot. He's he's a guard. He's a center. He started okay. at. He started I was going to say this team has like ten guards. Why is there another guard? But <laughs> he started at like forward center, I guess. He's um six nine. But I don't even remember him at UNC. I watched UNC last. He played at UNC. Yeah. Shit, I didn't notice him there either. Uh, He had twenty and seven, and Patty Mills had twenty one off the bench. Like I said, Patty Mills, Harden, and Durant are the number two team in the East without Kyrie. So it's like, I just why I I I'm sick of watching. Patty Mills gets slept on by again. I, I don't mind. I don't mind. You know, you playing a team, the other team sleeping on Patty Mills. Okay. I get that. Especially playing Durant, Harden, Kyrie. This is the second or third straight roster that Patty Mills has been on. That doesn't respect how elite he could be. I know, man. Like, I know. Because that honestly is the big three for them, in my opinion. <laughs> I, I just don't really get good, it. But... I don't get it, bro. Like, there's all these fucking midgets in the league not guarding a soul. Yeah. Patty Mills works on both ends. He's efficient as hell on both ends. Yeah. And and everywhere he's been, they're, like, limiting his minutes. He's a backup. He We got to, like, we got to control who we're putting out there with him. What? Patty Mills is a, is like Marcus Smart with better IQ, to be honest. I mean, with less weight, obviously. Yeah, he can't. He, like, he doesn't have the physicality to make some of the defensive plays. Yeah, but but he can get you thirty. He can get you thirty easily. He can play like Clay Thompson and get you thirty. Yeah, easily. Yeah, and and, and he's gonna pick up the guard full court. And I know and pest him to death. I, yeah. I really just don't understand why he doesn't get more respect. I don't either, man. But that, his own team. But everything you're saying is exactly why Harden's Harden's statement is so stupid. I'm like, bro, you can't like like I said, it's different if him, Kyrie, and Durant combined for like a hundred points together and said, Yeah, everyone, you know, we thought we could be this good, but yeah. Anyone can win, could have went out there and got nine points. I know. <laughs> Look, my thing with them, two, two problems. Mm-hmm. There's no point guard on the court ever. We've, we've talked hard. about that. I mean, hard you know, anybody, anybody who, who's been around the game a long time, who's played at any kind of high level, yeah. you have to have – 
guard leadership on the floor. Right. And the Nets, to me, are bottom tier in that. That's a fact. And that's – and honestly, That's one man, thing Kyrie has never brought to any team he's ever played on. But that's the thing. I knew Kyrie wasn't bringing that shit. Yeah, but people act like because Kyrie is just the shortest guy in the lineup that he's the – like oh yeah, that's supposed to be the leader of the point guard, and he's just not. I haven't accused Kyrie of being a point guard since he left LeBron. Man, <laughs> and LeBron played point guard on that team. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, but my my problem is like you don't have guard leadership, and and to me, what bothers me the most about it is Harden showed what that would look like last year. Mm-hmm. You remember he had that stretch where he was getting the triple doubles. Uh, Kyrie was out. He was playing great, shooting efficient, playing defense even. It was like right after All-Star break, I think, because then Kyrie came back right when they started the playoffs, and then Kyrie got hurt in the playoffs. But right, I, I know the stretch you're talking about because he looked great. I know. He looked MVP caliber. I think Durant even missed a few games in that stretch yeah, where he, he was going and crazy. Yeah, Harden carried them to wins like it was Houston. Yeah. But my thing is, like, okay, you had a hamstring problem. You're not ex- as explosive as you used to be. Mm-hmm. Why does it? Why does it look like you've like downgraded your attributes as far <laughs> as all all your game, your entire game? Yeah, it looked like he's aged like five years. I know over the summer. Yeah. So uh, I talked about this to start the year. This team cannot. They can't beat the other elite teams in the East if their mm-hmm. second best player struggles to get easy shots. Right. And to me, even in Harden's big games, he has to work his ass off to look like an elite player. Yeah. And he he has to getting Harden at his best is when he doesn't have to volume shoot. Yes. Because that means play everyone else gets more shots. Yeah. And the thing is here, he has to like take an ill-advised shot to get another good shot later on the nets. Like he has to shoot an air ball because he gets a really bad shot. And then like the defense has to like realize, oh, Harden's engaged. And then he has to, you know, break him off and get a good shot. But he doesn't get a consistent amount of good shots. Yes. Um, And that's not that's his fault and the team's fault. Yeah, so so I mentioned no guard leadership. They're soft as fuck. Right. That's not a good thing. You got to play Giannis in the playoffs. You don't want to go into that soft as fuck. And you're bringing G League guys in to play center. Miami. You don't want to come into Miami soft as fuck. They run you don't even want to come gonna... into Philly soft as fuck. They run sharp is not going to cut it on Giannis, Embiid, or Bam. Right. Not that Bam is going to, like, score 30 on you, but he's going to get every rebound. De'Ron Sharp's not getting seven rebounds on Bam. Right. But but with Brooklyn, again, you're, you're soft. And, and the last problem for me is your supporting cast beyond Patty Mills is not explosive whatsoever. No. Blake looks you like look, an old man out there yesterday. Every, every team in the West has an – every the four elite teams in the West all have – Explosive supporting casts. Yeah, Milwaukee. Has an expo- 
Oh, go ahead. Milwaukee, explosive supporting cast. Miami, explosive. Cleveland. Cleveland. De'Ron Sharp is not scoring on (laughs) Jared Allen. (laughs) No, he's not. Or Mobley. Who's starting Mobley if they play? KD, probably. That's going to be a decision. Nah, we know how KD goes. He's definitely taking marking in. No question. Yeah, take the, <laughs> take the, take the guy on. who takes four <laughs> shots a night. Yeah. 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 Good work. Way to battle, KD. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. And, and I just think, like, KD is incapable of taking the game over in any other way besides his, like, shooting. Right. That's, that's what I loved about him in Golden State is that the team was so great, he he would dominate in other ways. Mm-hmm. Every time he's been like the, the go-to isolation scorer, he acts like he doesn't have the, the work ethic to do the other things. I know. And the thing is, he I don't think he liked that in Golden State, to be honest. I think he likes just playing one-on-five for like a full quarter. I don't think he liked... <laughs> Someone else having a good game on Golden State, and then him just playing a role. I I can I see think it he liked it. He, I think he, he liked annoyed. it. I don't know. I think the problem was the fact that he didn't get respect for it. Mm, maybe. Which again made a bitch move. I don't know why you expect people to respect it, but we obviously yeah. talked about that countless times. Right. But again, Brooklyn to me is just. On the surface, they're so much more flawed than specifically Miami and Milwaukee. Yeah. And and I, I don't really know – I don't trust any of the ways they could overcome it. Yeah, me either. Me either. But I do think they're capable. Yeah, they're definitely capable. They are. They are. Um they do have to figure out their center situation. If it's going to be Dayron Sharp, since he had 20 and seven on Vucevic, it is what it is, but they have to commit to something soon. Like it's getting, they're running out of time as far as that goes. Um, I agree. God damn. Blake looks washed. Blake looks terrible. Man. It's what really the fuck happened? It's really unfortunate. What the hell happened in the off season? He looks heavier, slower, doesn't jump as high, doesn't move his feet as well. All his jump shots look hideous. He He's, like, forgetting how to get good shots. He's doing that thing where he's just trying to get foul calls again. Oh, God, yes. Stand, he, like, throws a wild shot over his head and then just stands there when they don't call it, and his man is yeah, dunking man. on the other end. And, it, like, Nash, Nash has not made any effort to incorporate him but yeah, yet he's know. he's easily been limiting his minutes like every so often. He's not. I don't think he's as bad as Nash and the team is making him look, though. I but, agree. Because because he looks really, really bad. He doesn't look like an NBA player. Look, everything you can sum up the the concerns about this supporting cast in, in one statement. This team brought in a retired guy with no mobility in he's one of their most dependable players. Right. Yeah. Credit to LaMarcus Aldridge. He's exceeded a lot of the expectations I had for him. Yeah, me too. Which obviously were low as hell, but 
Yeah. He, he's played great, but again, you look at how they're matching up with the teams in the playoffs. You're going to struggle to stop Kevin Love if you got LaMarcus Aldridge on him. Barbecue chicken. Barbecue chicken. Not Kevin Love, but I'm saying LaMarcus Aldridge will be barbecue chicken for somebody. Oh, Kevin I, Love I, probably his best I, matchup, actually. I could just picture, like, Embiid is in a post-up and, like, every Brooklyn player just gravitating to him because he has such a mismatch. But Evan Mobley is going to eat on LaMarcus Aldridge. 100%. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck Millsap has been. Hey, I forgot they had Millsap. I haven't seen him out there. I don't know if he's been out there, but I haven't noticed him. Let me see if he's hurt or something. He's only played 23 games. Hmm. Last game was the 27th. Doesn't say he's inactive, though. Maybe just a CD. He Yeah, he got removed from the protocols on 23rd, so he's been... Go and go ahead and cut him, man. Somebody can use Millsap. Bulls with Millsap right now. We talked about that earlier. Um, okay, let's um, let's go to LA, man. The Lakers. Cold as ice, they say. <laughs> oh, oh man. The Kings destroyed LA last night. Um, L.A. and Frank Vogel are the most confusing story in the entire NBA. And By far. <laughs> we went from, let's see. Read me their starting lineup to start the year versus now. Okay, let me go to the first game. Warriors was the first game. Starting lineup was DeAndre Jordan, Anthony Davis, Westbrook, LeBron James, and Kent Bazemore. Uh, Carmelo was first off the bench. Rondo was second off the bench, followed by Malik Monk and Dwight Howard. And Avery Bradley was there at that point, but he only played eight minutes. No one else got in the game. Horton Tucker was recovering from... Thumb surgery, Ariza was recovering from ankle surgery, Kendrick Nunn, ankle, Ellington, hamstring. And this, today this, this team again, oh, sometimes hear? sometimes you could like you could really describe how bad a situation is in one statement. Yeah. This team is eagerly anticipating Kendrick Nunn's return. <laughs> their, their starting lineup now is LeBron Westbrook, Avery Bradley, Malik Monk, and Trevor Ariza. LeBron starts at the center. <laughs> Two guys that in the summer were at on their fucking house unemployed. Yeah are starting for the fucking Lakers. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, well, actually, last game, uh, where are we? I think they signed Bradley for the rest of the year, too. Bradley, they had Bradley at the beginning of the season, and they, I believe they dropped him, and they picked him back up, if I'm not. 
Um, yeah, I think you might be right. And then last game, Stanley Johnson started at power forward. And Austin Reeves was the first off the bench, and Horton Tucker was second off the bench in that game. You know what bothers me? me? Oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> before you get there, before you make your point, let me make sure this stat is is heard. Um, this oh, year, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen different players have started for the Lakers. Almost two full starting lineups worth of players. Thirteen. That's almost three. <laughs> three different starting lineups full of players. Thirteen different. Wait, there's a roster full of different starters for them. And, and you know, this all points to one guy. And I've been hesitant to assign the problems of the team to him. Yeah. And and kind of hesitant to to hold him accountable, even though I yeah. gave him a lot of credit for their title run. Mm-hmm. But you you kind of you kind of cleared it up for me today. I was just thinking about it after we talked earlier. <laughs> what the fuck is Frank Vogel doing? I have no idea, man. <laughs> He's I've never I, I mentioned to you in pre-production, I've never seen someone more just completely out of control <laughs> with their team, with their franchise as Frank Vogel, man. I've never seen someone so discombobulated with the roster. Like, he has no idea what to do. I know. And it's you're not going out swinging because you're not really trying shit. No, you're not. You know, the, the stuff you're trying, I mean, it's it's obviously centered around LeBron because this is the only positive you could even look at right now with the Lakers. Right. And, and to me, it's not the 13 players that have started because COVID, injuries, you know, a lot of factors could play into a lot of guys needing to play. And there's a lot of teams around the league who've played a ton of guys, different guys. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the choices to trust certain guys and completely abandon others that I c- cannot comprehend. Yeah. I mean, com- to completely give up on Kent Bazemore, DeAndre yeah. Jordan, that you should have given up on him a week into the season. Right. I, I really don't want to see him touch the floor for a team, for the worst defensive team in the league, DeAndre Jordan shouldn't touch the floor. Right. And he started 18 games. Kent Bazemore had good games. Yeah. Now he, he had a lot of bad ones. For them. He had a lot of bad ones because, you know, he's an inconsistent player. I don't expect anything less from him. Right. But you give up on him and you allow Trevor Reza to go out there routinely for no reason? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's basically Bazemore with less energy and less will to play. Austin Reeves had a good fucking summer or preseason. He hit a game winner like a month ago. He's not that fucking good, L.A. (laughs) No, he's not. They're doing doing what like Spolster did with Robinson the first year. I don't know why I'm going back to Duncan Robinson all day, but 
Like, he's not that fucking good. Uh, Reeves has averaged 20.6 minutes per game in games that he has played. Like, like dude, you're, you're bringing guys from the fucking couch just to play some defense, and you're putting fucking trash cans in there who get ISO'd by literally every fucking – every ISO-capable player around the league. Stanley Johnson has played – No, no, no. Oh, really? He's played eight games and averaged 22 minutes per game. Oh, I'm sorry, 21 minutes per game. Again, Stanley Johnson looks like you're saving grace. Why? Because he tries on defense. Right. And he was at home playing 2K <laughs> two weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, this team, this team, honestly, what's what's so pathetic about it is that their problems stem from their veteran leadership. Yeah. The laziness, when, when Melo isn't playing hard, that, that's when the young guys don't play hard. Mm-hmm. When, when Westbrook is consistently doing dumb shit, that's when Malik Monk goes out there and does dumb shit. Mm-hmm. When LeBron is bitching to the refs all day, Anthony Davis and the rest of the roster are bitching to the refs all day. Taylor Horton Tucker argues with the refs so much, man. And he's like, like, like who the fuck do you think you are? Right. What calls do you think you should be getting? Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, dude, y- you attack out of control all the time. Bro, you're not Greek freak. <laughs> yeah. He goes in like he's a fucking tower amongst midgets, gets his dude. shit pinned or just a ball taken. Just because he has a decent wingspan. Yeah, because he has a nice wingspan. He thinks he could just take everybody to the rack. Bro, okay, like, you're athletic. You're in the fucking NBA, bro. Everybody's athletic. Except Austin Reeves, of course. He started 15 games. Who plays 20 minutes. Again, you can't get a fucking stop. But you can't bench Melo, even though he's for the past two weeks he's giving you essentially nothing. Right. Malik Monk is either in the doghouse or can't get out of the fucking game. Yeah. I just and around all this, LeBron is like LeBron is shortening his fucking career and still playing like at all at like normal. Uh, you know his how he always plays. He plays like yes. he's still twenty eight. I know. It's and been it's great, man. I got, I got no problem with LeBron because if you're going to dominate the way he's been, I can forgive some of the defensive mistakes. Yeah. It's when LeBron was playing average early in the year and not guarding anybody. That's when it's like, you know, what are you doing? Let me ask you this. Is Westbrook playing better than Kimba did for the Knicks? No. Exactly. But he's still starting. He had two for 14. He was two for 14 last night. Thibodeau had the balls to bench Kimba when Kimba was just playing just okay. He wasn't even playing bad. Kimba was just playing okay. He, he, wasn't he just wasn't great. getting enough stops for, like, Thibodeau's liking. Right. Westbrook's leading the league in turnovers. And he's shooting – 28% from the three. Come on, man. 65% from the free throw line. He's the worst free throw shooter on the roster. 
Obviously, you know that, that, Dwight Howard. But, that huh? second shot, you, you remember the Tyus Jones we talked about earlier, how he, he like, stepped into that second one and it was a dagger? Yeah. The fact that Westbrook is allowed to take shots like that. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd literally – I'd question Vogel. I'd give him a chance. He's, he's earned the right to explain himself. Mm-hmm. But if I don't like what I'm fucking hearing, see ya. And yeah. I, I don't know if – this might be the first time on air I've committed to, you know, maybe it's time for Vogel to go. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. Again, I've stuck, I've stuck by him. I, I thought he was in the top third of coaches. Yeah. But he looks just clueless. He looks bamboozled by the, the stupidity of this roster – by the randomness of this roster and just everything in between all that. It's just, it looks like it's overwhelming him to be honest. Yeah. And you know, the point, the point I was making in uh, pre-production is they're doing this and losing. Like we've seen the Warriors throw in Michael Mulder and uh, Chris Chioza and, what was that guy's name with the blonde hair last year? They would throw in the game. They threw some scrubs in the game, right? But he was doing that after they were losing and trying to make something happen to start winning games. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he was the whole roster would get in the game until someone made something happen. Instead, Vogel just says, All right, Bazemore, you started 15 games. We only won like seven of them. You're just done for the season. I'm just going to shut you down. And then I'm just going to pick up trash cans and throw them in the game, pick up guys who are at home playing 2K and throw them in the game for 21 minutes, 20 plus a minutes. Like it. And then we're just going to live and die by the seven guys I put out there. And the seven guys happen to be LeBron, Westbrook, Carmelo, Monk, Horton Tucker, Reeves, and Ellington. Like we're just gonna we're gonna just lose with that roster with, with DeAndre Jordan, yeah DeAndre may, may be washed, Baysmore, Dwight Howard, Ariza, with those guys just watching us lose with this roster with Austin Reeves and Stanley Johnson, like it just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not I'm trust me I'm not saying that those guys belong to be a, like belong on the court more than them, but yo if we're down by twenty to the Kings. Everybody's getting in the game until someone makes something happen. Because we're not going to lose to the Kings by twenty, and them say, "Oh, coach, why didn't you make any changes?" Oh, I just thought Stanley Johnson would heat up in the fourth quarter. Like, what can you say about that? I don't understand. The Kings and and Stanley Johnson aside, because he's the only trash can you've brought in that has shown potential. Yeah. To be on the, the roster, not to start, right. no, but no. be on the roster. But my problem, again, like, you're you're giving up on guys who've proven who they are and what they could contribute. Yes. And you're picking trash cans over them, and it's not like the trash cans are going in. It's not like Avery Bradley has changed life in L.A. Right. Or Ariza has Trevor, done anything in LA. Trevor Ariza's literally on the court for no reason at all. None at all. And they None. start him. And they start him. 
He like I mean, he like has something in his contract that makes like people start him. Like Miami even started him. For some I know, reason. I know. I, I don't know if it's the like the experience. I, he sucks. <laughs> I'm not it's saying terrible. he's like a like his career has sucked. He was a good NBA player for a long time. Yeah, he was. Yeah, but he's, he's fucking. Mean, he's washed the fuck up. He can't guard a soul. He could. He hasn't been able to guard a soul since fucking. Uh, was that Trey Young who tried to go through his legs? Yeah, that since was the that last fucking, time. Since that fucking play, he hasn't stopped a soul. <laughs> When he had to flagrant foul him after you talking about, yes, and they got into the fight, yeah, yes, yeah. Portland. I think he was playing on it that time, yeah. And then he quit on Portland for the bubble before the bubble. I just again, I don't understand. I know, okay, Bazemore's not playing well, but I know any given night, like a random game against Sacramento, Bazemore could get you fifteen to twenty points. Yeah, bro. I would be shocked if Trevor Ariza could hit a fucking shot. A fucking shot. Yeah, man. Make it's, one it's good bad. play. Get LeBron one easy shot. Never. Never. This is- Again, Melo's been playing like dog shit. Why are you leaving him in the game? I don't know, man. Wait, real quick. Let me read this stat for you about as the the team's assists um, averages. Oh, God. Obviously, Westbrook averages eight. LeBron averages 6.6, right? That's We don't expect anything less from them, too, right? The next highest is Anthony Davis with 2.9. Horton Tucker with 2.7. After that, no one on the team has over 1.3, has over one assist again. And the person with 1.3 is Stanley Johnson. No one else averages more than one just, assist. Just to put that in perspective, I can forgive uh, Le- LeBron gets a pass for the turnovers because he's so great, obviously. Yeah. But your sec, your main assist guy averages almost as many turnovers as he does assists. Yeah. Your third leading assist guy has played in the league 11 years, has been a top 10 to 20 player for maybe nine of those years, and still doesn't know how to handle a double team. And he does average as many turnovers as he does assists. It's 2.2 and 2.9. So 2.9 assists, 2.2 turnovers. And then, uh, and then your fourth option is Mello? trash. Is trash. The Horton Tucker, right? That's what you said was the fourth assist guy. No, Stanley Johnson. <laughs> Horton Tucker wasn't in there after AD. Horton Tucker averages. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Two point. He averages two assists. Yeah, but he the guy from watching averages... the Lakers. I'd, I'd rather Malik Monk run sets than Taylor Horton Tucker. And he averages 1.6 turnovers. You'd rather Malik Monk run sets than him? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I'm with you. I, it, it, beyond that, I mean, good props to Stanley Johnson for getting in the fucking assists. That's, that's him. 
Again, I got no problem. He's the only fucking bum you've brought in that has at least shown the willingness to compete, the willingness to to fight for his job every night. Yeah. That's my fucking problem. Kent Bazemore fights for his job every time he gets in the fucking game. Yeah, he does. Trevor Ariza hasn't fought for his fucking job in two, three years, and yet he's still getting one. Makes no sense. Every Bradley takes no pride on defense because nobody else does. He's still in the game. Why? Yeah. Bro, you remember when he (laughs) – he's sitting watching the Blazers-Lakers game in a Lakers jersey while he was on the Blazers roster. Oh, Ariza's bitch ass? Yeah. Yeah. How could I forget that bullshit? If that doesn't tell you the kind of teammate he is, he's <laughs> on the Blazers team. He decides not to go to the bubble. That's his choice. We're not getting into that. But you're wearing a Lakers jersey at home watching your team play the Lakers? <laughs> Kobe, too. The, the yeah. fucking disrespect. The- it doesn't get more disrespectful than that, honestly. Yo, you bitch ass, put on a Kobe jersey the other, th- like, 363 days, four days, whatever. That yeah. fucking day is you decided to wear that shit. Why don't you get put your own here, jersey on? It's your team playing, dude. You got, like, you got a jersey from, like, a third of the fucking rosters of the league. <laughs> Long story short, um, the Lakers are just such a fucking mess. Is Westbrook going to finish the season with them? Or are they going to trade for John Wall? (laughs) 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 Oh, you threw me off with that one. That was a good one. Oh man. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I said I said that month leading up to the season, like yo, Russ is a is gonna be a fucking disaster. Yeah. And and I thought I thought this team was good enough to succeed in spite of that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think he'd be he's like the most consistent trash in the league. Yeah, especially that gets a lot of minutes. Yeah, like, you know he's turning the ball over. You know he's taking bad shots. Yep. You know he's playing out of control. He yep. plays with no IQ defensively. None. Uh, and, like, and he has no self-awareness about any of it. Bro, his interviews are, have to be some of the most stressful interviews I've ever seen. Oh, you, did you watch that post game after the Kings game? No, I didn't watch. I didn't watch the Kings one. What did he say? Uh, he doesn't like to use the word slump. Uh, he <laughs> likes to stay committed to his craft and figure it out. Figure it out, Russ. Like, okay, how many games did they play? Steph, Steph needs to figure it out. Forty-two games. Like, Steph needs to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, Kyrie needs to figure it out. Yeah. Russ, you just fucking suck. I know you're 42 games in and you haven't had really one legitimate good game. Like, 
like Russ, especially not a string of two. I, or I three. just don't understand. Like there, there's certain things I just expect players to do well. Mm-hmm. For Russ, I would assume getting layups should be a good thing. Right. And he fucking he's missing them routinely. I don't know how. Like he has to be sick looking at John Rant, like getting into the paint whenever he wants to. Trey Young pretty much gets to the paint whenever he wants to. That used to be me. I'm sure he's looking at them like I used to do that. Yeah. I'm pretty I mean, John Wall hasn't played this year, but last year John Wall got to the paint just about any time he wanted to. And he came off of two Achilles tears. But it's, it's like, like like bro, John Wall plays <clears throat> under control. Yeah. Like you, you, you have a t- forty-two games. You've had a turnover problem, and you're still flying to the fucking basket, throwing just nonsense up. Right, his turnover highlights are so. Oh hilarious. my god, it's it's like a fucking child who like doesn't really know how to play, who's just trying to like, just just wants to do everything. Yeah. Dude, it's it's just it's horrible to watch, and it shows in how demoralizing it is for the fucking Lakers. Yeah, I was trying to look up Westbrook's stats. He's averaging eighteen points a game. His player He's efficiency shooting like rating thirty five percent total. Player efficiency rating is <laughs> what is that gauged out of? Is it out of 100? I think it's... Is it the PER? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. I don't know, but I think nobody's gotten higher than, like, like low 30s, I think. Yeah, LeBron, 24. Luka, 25. Westbrook's is 21. And it's one of the worst on the team. That's no surprise, but... <clears throat> I think Vogel, I think the only way Vogel could save his job is, and I know I'm sure it's not up to him, but if he can find a way to get Russ up out of there, that is the only scenario that to me gives Vogel an opportunity to save his own job. If he bench Westbrook, how much trouble do you think he'd get in? None. No? This team, this team has stuck by Russ the whole year, but it, mm-hmm. it's it's obviously fake. Yeah, because if you're really sticking by your guy, when he turns it over, you fucking help him get that back. This team right. quits every time Russ does some dumb shit. Because Russ quits on it himself most of the time. Mm-hmm. And that to me, just again, the culture is so disgusting. When do you think the last time someone said Russ was the fastest player in the league? Um, Before Fox got into the league, probably. Nah, his um, probably the year after his MVP year. <laughs> so he was on the Dunder last time they said that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's again, not like, a, a, the fact that he's not the fastest. It's just that he's not showing any effort to be the fastest anymore, in my look, opinion. 
<laughs> and I don't, I don't really, uh, memes are obviously like silly most of the time and I don't really take them too seriously, but that meme of, um, the, the picture of how, uh, the Lakers guarded Westbrook when he was in Houston <laughs> and the quote, like, you know, like they guarded him like this and they think he's going to be their savior. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't understand that that's exactly what they're going to be looking at as soon as they get into the playoffs. Yeah. And the it, fact that he's allowed to just chuck mm-hmm. again is, is going to cause Vogel his fucking job if he can't reel it in. And I have no reason to believe he will. Last thing I want to say about this. <clears throat> and I'll say I've pretty much retired my LeBron hate. Like as far as I know LeBron is still playing, but my hate for him has retired. Like I'm done. I'm done arguing with people about LeBron. I'm done saying anything negative about LeBron. But I don't want anyone talking about how LeBron makes everyone better anymore. Oh, that ship has sailed. There's not one player on this roster that has played is playing better than they've played last year. And almost everyone on here is new. So, I mean, not one single player. And Monk is only just getting more shots than he did on the Hornets. I said Monk could have did this on the Hornets. I've, you know, I've been saying that for years on this podcast. I mean, so it's not, I'm not counting Monk because he just gets probably three times as many shots as he's ever gotten. So obviously more is going to go in, but. I'm thinking about it and every, every team in the league that has a volume shooter they mm-hmm. they get into these stretches where they play through that volume shooter. Okay. I could I could look at the the shitty roster. Orlando does it with Terrence Ross. Yeah. And Cole Anthony. Uh yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the Raptors do it with Van Fleet. Yeah. I think Chicago has a number of obviously DeRozan does it. Yeah. Um uh, there's a lot of teams around the league. Again, Clarkson's a guy who does that. Lou Will obviously was a guy for a long time. Yeah. Only the fucking Lakers would get a, a volume shooter who has shown the potential to be a 20-point guy. Yeah. And avoid playing through him. <laughs> yeah. They, like, make him surprise people by getting 28 and 25. Yeah. Like, or it has it's to like be the- like, oh, wow, he was just hot tonight. Yeah, or it's the bullshit, um, like, like, oh, we'll just play him in pick and roll. Yeah. Like, bro, he's not fucking Trey Young. He's not right. Luka Doncic. What the fuck are you doing playing him in the pick and roll? Right. You don't even have bigs or threats. Right. And the only the fucking moment. threat, the best player in the, essentially in the fucking league, nah, he's not the one screening. Nope. And, and he's starting at center and he's not screening. What? Exactly. Yeah. Starting like Stanley Johnson at the four. To me, to me, there's so many ways that Vogel could at least be trying to make this team better. And I haven't seen any of it. Right. And listen, I know DeAndre Jordan is trash, is washed. But I promise you, I was I would start DeAndre Jordan before I started LeBron and Stanley Johnson at the four and the five. Like Stanley Johnson at the four. And I like Stanley Johnson, but 
we can't have our four and five both under six nine and go out there and play against like Embiid and Jokic and you know JaVale McGee should be oh my Eden god Yo- Jokic Jokic should average 30 15 and 15 on this team Eaton would average 30 and 15 easily so I mean not saying DeAndre should be an NBA starter but he should be starting over Stanley Johnson at the playing down low at least because they don't have any screeners and LeBron it's like LeBron can play center obviously but he's never learned how to be a center like he sets screens and just asks for the ball like <laughs> like it's a dribble handoff but like yeah. reverse <laughs> you're handing it to the screener instead yeah he gets to like if he's anywhere like close to the free throw line He's just like, oh, fuck the screen and roll. Like, I'm a mismatch right here. It doesn't just give it to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, man, it's bad. It's bad. And, the, you know, I when the Westbrook trade happened, I think people were a little bit, you know, um, wary. But everyone thought oh confident in lebron lebron's going to make this work lebron's going to give it to him in his pocket he's going to find a way to play him he's a savant he's a mastermind come on man that's not no he's not like it, this is something some puzzles people just can't fix he's not that perfect of a basketball player that's all right. i have to say about it he's maybe a, maybe like maybe like a decade ago he he this team would have been a little bit better yeah, but not much. It still, it still wouldn't work because LeBron has never played with a point guard. Kyrie doesn't even play point guard on a team where he is the only point guard on the roster. He doesn't even play point guard. So it's like LeBron's never played with a point guard. Mario Chalmers hasn't played basketball since LeBron left the Heat. So yep. it's like, and Mo Williams was by no stretch a point guard. And I love Mo Williams. Mo Williams usually started with another guard, like another actual point guard. And, most and of the, time. the other guard was the one expected to like to develop into a point guard immediately. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every time. Yeah, like he started with um, uh, is it Damon Jones that does the? He talks oh, yeah. sometimes now, right? Yeah, Damon yeah, Jones yeah. and Eric Snow and. These guys would still be bringing the ball up Corbin and Mo Williams. But, yeah. All right. Anything else in the league that we got to hit today? Um, Two teams I wanted to give a shout-out, one in each conference, just because they've been surprising me a lot, is um, Dallas in the East has played much better recently. Dallas in the West. Yes. Dallas, uh, yeah, I, uh-huh. They've they strung a, a couple of nice wins before Luca got back. They've yeah. been they've shown me a lot more um, urgency in even mm-hmm. games like easy games like like they're supposed to win. Yeah. Um, and, and they're getting the roster I've, back. Yeah, and the few games I've seen, Luca hasn't been holding the ball as long either. Yeah. Which has really made them look a lot better. Like Luca catches it, he does something with it. If he doesn't have it, he gives it up. He moves moves without the ball a little more when um uh, man can't remember his name all of a sudden um 
Brunson, when Brunson is handling oh, yeah. the ball, Luca's moving a little more. Uh, yeah, man, they look good. All of a sudden, yeah, man, a lot of their guys, a lot of their guys have like have had slightly more of an impact than usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is which kind of shows their experience, and and this is a roster that has familiarity with each other. Yeah, and and you know you know how on on two K, you like guys have those uh hot zones yeah like i think the players are finding their hot zones now on the like i've seen in their play like maxi um clever Mm -hmm. top of the key he's getting that shot a lot and he's knocking it down every single time yeah finney smith is getting to the corner more and like for some reason they're doing plays that in these guys right in the spots that they're supposed to be in like i I don't see Clever even shooting any of the threes in the top of the key. I don't see Finney Smith taking a bunch of other threes in the corner. I don't see Hardaway taking a lot of weird shots or going to the basket too often. He's just getting his shots. So I don't know if that's Kid or Luca or what, but it's working. Yeah, like Brunson's been a six-man candidate. I even think they've had Powell. Like they're actually using Powell's athleticism much better. Yeah, they are. Yep, they are. Uh, so I, I like I like what I'm seeing from them, and you know I wasn't really high on Jason Kidd, so I, I like I re- I'm really impressed with what I'm seeing. Yeah, it was a slow burn. Right, and the Eastern team I really like uh, is Toronto. Okay. Again, another team who has strung together a lot of wins. Mm-hmm. Van Fleet's playing immensely better than he did to start the year. Yep. Um, and it's, it's funny cause their rookie has kind of hit the wall a little bit, especially scoring the ball. Barnes. Yeah. Yeah. But like Siakam is playing better and Anobi's kind of getting back into form. Yeah. Uh, I think this is going to be a, a tough first round matchup for somebody in the East. And, you know, I think that the beginning of the season when everyone was struggling, they were letting Barnes really get comfortable and he was taking like a lot of shots make or miss. He was getting a lot of touches and ISOs and stuff. And now that everyone has turned up, he's kind of floating back into saying, okay, well, let me just impact the game how I can. And he's becoming like a defensive specialist, which is fine. You know, no shame in that, but he's becoming a defensive specialist. That's a threat, you know? Yeah. And, and the scary, how he looked first. The scary thing about their potential is, with the exception of Van Fleet, they have a lot of lineups that they could put out there, and those lineups be the best defensive lineups in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the versatility to to do that defensively just makes them that much better. Yeah, and that's huge because Barnes, Barnes, Siakam, and OG can guard five positions like you know and pretty well yeah. so it's pretty tough yeah that wingspan is crazy crazy and Dragic, like what are they doing with Dragic? i don't know he but he like or... he went away from the team for something uh i don't remember what it was but it, i, it I was would some, like to see some injury i think oh okay I would like to see what happens with him if they use him or if the trade deadline they make a move with him or what. I would like to see him back on the court somewhere. Like I, I don't 
I don't think he makes the team a championship team, but he definitely could make an impact on some of these teams that absolutely missing a bench, uh, make it happen kind of guy. Yeah. I got one shout out. Um, the Clippers. Yes. I forgot been, about them. Have been staying afloat behind like Amir coffee has led them in scoring like the last, I, I think his name's Amir. I know. Well, coffee, whatever his first name is. Sorry if I got it wrong. Amir coffee, but coffee has been leading them in scoring like the last four games out of nowhere. And they're, they're spreading it, playing everybody eats basketball without Paul George. I mean, they're like building a culture. Yes. So shout out to Ty Lu for that. I mean, I think that's Ty yeah, Lue. I think um, Bledsoe has helped with that. I think Reggie Jackson has helped with that. You know, they've been just fitting into the roles. I think it, it looks like they have a lot less pressure on them. Yeah. I don't know why they had a pressure on them in the first place, but they, they look like they're really getting comfortable. Yeah, man, I, I love it because when PG got hurt, like this is exactly what I was hoping to see from them. Yeah. But I was reserved because, you know, I didn't trust the names I knew. I didn't think it would be names I had no clue would come in. Right. Yeah, it is uh, Amir so, Coffee, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, man. Canards look good too. Yeah, bro. They're they're they got a lot of experience. They got a lot of guys who know how to play. Yeah. And it shows, man. Tyloo's doing a great job, like you said. Marcus Morris has stepped up and upped his scoring, which we know he can do. I know um, this is a long to. shot, but it's hard for me to think this team is gonna move up in the standings too much. Mm-hmm. But if they could like if they could do what the Lakers did last year and actually be healthy when they walk into the playoffs. Yeah. And by be healthy, I mean, their their duo is back. Yeah. I, I cannot wait to see who they potentially could get in the first round. Yeah. They might be a scary out. If, if uh, Kawhi is as ahead of time as they act like he could be possibly, you know, being in contact like practice contact by all-star break. Yeah, it might it might get ugly in the in the West for sure. Cause they look they're playing such good team basketball. Even my reservations about Kawhi, like again, they could still succeed in spite of some of his limitations. I yeah, they could. Yeah. I don't have confidence that Kawhi is going to come and play team basketball. But if Ty Lue, I, I don't either. Right, but if Ty Lue can reel in, reel him in, and get Paul George, you know, being like ball handler for most of the game at least, with the spreading the ball, how they've been doing, and Kawhi playing off the ball, yeah, they they could be really, really, really tough, really tough out. Yeah, yeah man, I, I think. I think it would serve them well to not have to be in the play-in. I agree with that, too. Uh, so I think getting a top six seed, I mean, really five or six, because you're not – the four teams are really pulling away record-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really impressed Memphis even caught up to the other three, but the yeah. other teams are, are significantly behind, and they'd have to go on like a really massive win streak. Yeah. So, so I just don't see that. But five or six, I think, would be great for them. 
Yeah, I agree. I think the top four is pretty much a lock for the rest of the season. But yeah, yeah. What's the, the fifth the seed right now? Is um, Dallas, Denver, L.A., and L.A. Um, but like, what's the separation eight. between uh, oh, four and five? If five and a half games behind. Yeah, that's that's a lot of games to make up against teams that are winning all the time. Yeah, yeah. we're not making and those four teams. Those four teams, they're not going on long losing streaks. I can tell you that. Right, Memphis is on a ten-game winning streak. So yeah, man, Phoenix just came off. Phoenix just had like what a month without a loss. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's tough in the West right now. Utah's Utah won 10 straight road games. Yeah. Yeah, but they, they've insane. had they've had the losing streak lately, but yeah, they were they were on fire too. The um now in the playing, you gotta deal with the Lakers, the Timberwolves, or the uh Blazers, which Blazers obviously are a wild card, but the Timberwolves can definitely beat somebody for the plan, for the plan right now. So I wouldn't want to play them either, especially if I'm one of the L.A. teams that yeah. we're not healthy or we're not all the way there. Yeah, um, man. I think I think it's a little bit like between East and West. I think in the East you could kind of look at some of the teams that seem a little bit more favored. Yeah. In the plan, I think in the West it's a complete toss-up. Well, the one thing about the East is that it's the teams that the lower teams for the play-in, I think I have more confidence than the teams that are that got the spots right now. Like, because it's Charlotte at seven, Toronto at eight, but then I got Washington, Boston, New York, and Atlanta from nine through 12. All of, all of those guys can win a play-in. Hey, it's going to be a tough second half of the year for the East. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, really, all of those teams could beat the Raptors in two games or in a game, and then the and the Hornets in a game. You never know. So, gonna be interesting. Oh, very, very interesting. We got to get out of here because it's been a minute. But um, I, I got to make this point before I forget. Uh, I'm not sure how many of my fellow Wizards fans, especially ones I've talked to, will listen to this episode. Um, but those those of you who I've had Kyle Kuzma conversations with in the offseason, you owe me an apology. Because he's been a would fucking you, monster. What'd you tell him? They didn't think he would be good? All summer, all summer, as soon as we made the move. Like, dude, we finally got a, a great rotation wing that can yeah. start, that can come off the bench, that can play 40 minutes and can play 20 minutes. In three different positions. He's versatile, competes on both ends. Everybody's, oh, Kuzma fucking sucks, man. You didn't see last year. I'm like, anybody, any role player sucks when they're not getting good shots. Right. I don't even know what Kuzma's role was on the Lakers. No, I don't. But I never looked at him and thought he was trash. Right. Me either. So oh. I, I'm not – I'm surprised he's rebounding like a machine, but scoring, not at all. Yeah, he, he, he definitely got the battery in his back for this season. I and mean, he looks he looks great. Absolutely great. Yeah. He's not wearing stupid fucking outfits anymore. 
Yeah. Um, and last thing, Knicks got Cam Reddish, traded him, right. traded Kevin Knox for Cam Reddish and Solomon Hill. I love it. As a Knicks fan, I love it. Hey, when you subtract nothing and get something for it, that's that's yes. such a W. And Cam Reddish fits right into how the Knicks play. That's what I love about it. He's long. He he's a great defender. Challenges defender. I mean, challenging defender. Wingspan. Catch and shoot. He's a bucket. I mean, we got Grimes hitting like every time. Every game I've seen Grimes play, he's hit at least three threes. And like he, yeah. we weren't even gonna play him in the beginning of the season. So Reddish is gonna fit right into there, man. And I think this is a roster spot move for Atlanta. I think Atlanta's probably going to make another trade. John Collins has been uh, frustrated Unhappy. with his role. Right. Yeah, so they may make another move. So they got two guys off the roster. You know, it probably is going to have to be a three-way trade or something going to happen soon. Um, but I'm not going to try to predict that. But <clears throat> I'm just happy the Knicks got Cam Dutch, man. I love it. I did too. Yeah. And we got Barrett and Hey Barrett's getting his confidence. Love to see it. Yeah. Barrett and Reddish back together. I'm not <laughs> don't even don't even take the conversation there. <laughs> I'm ending the fucking Yo. broadcast <laughs> immediately. We are not that stupid, uh Dolan. We're not <laughs> come on, man. It's not gonna work. It's not going to work. But anyway, shout out to the Knicks, man. You Great move. Solid, solid uh, transition for the franchise. Uh, we'll see what happens next. Uh, yeah. Did you hear about the Bowl Bowl situation? Uh, since I know he got traded to Detroit. Uh, they canceled it because he failed his physical. Like today, they canceled it because he failed his physical. So, what the hell? Yeah, I don't. They said they found something they didn't like. He was coming off of foot surgery, I guess, a couple months ago. And I guess something isn't right with his feet. So, Detroit canceled it. So, I guess we'll hear more about it. Yeah, he played this year. I mean, you know, they don't trust him at all, which I get it. But. I've seen him out there. They Malone is like trying to at least the teams he matches up well against. He's trying to put him out there for a little bit. Yeah. So I, I will probably hear more about it. Maybe it's a stress fracture because, you know, you can play on some stress fractures. And then That's right, once they yeah. see it, they're like, oh, well, you're never going to be able to play more than five games in a row. Could be something like that. I, I'm not sure. I'm just. Yeah, that's a weird man. This. I'm trying to think back. This happened a while ago. I feel like somebody failed a physical, but it might have been in football. Uh, remember um, uh, Monte Hunas <laughs> from the, the Rockets? Houston, baby. Yeah, he tried to get – he tried to fail. He failed it on purpose when they traded him because he didn't want to get to traded. the Pelicans, and just, right? Yeah, and then they just cut him, so. That's right. I remember that. I think that's so what that I was w- thinking of, too. Yeah, that was one, yeah. I, I do think it happened to someone else, too, but I remember that one vividly because it was a big deal, and they found out he did it on purpose, and they they didn't bring him back after his contract was up. So Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. 
all right we're getting out of here thank you for listening um we'll definitely be back next week talk about the playoffs nfl playoffs um i think there's gonna be trades happening in the nba we'll be back with that um subscribe we'll be back on youtube video soon when mike gets his computer fixed and (laughs) sure and um stay tuned for our music podcast to be separated and i'll announce that probably next week so um Thank you for listening and we'll see you guys next time.